Hello, I'm back, and guess what? I forgot to record an episode for yesterday. Woohoo! So that means all you get is today's Love is Blind content, which should be good enough for you, because this shit is hard. Having a podcast is hard work, okay? And I know I need to be better, okay? I've said it, I've tried to do it, I'm still trying to do it, so hop off my dick for a minute, please. Um... So yeah, I'm here, I'm ready to give a presentation, or rather a vocal um, monologue, however you want to phrase that. Anyways, if you don't watch Love is Blind, then you're probably like, Isabel, fuck this episode, and fuck you. Not that anyone even feels that passionately about it. If you do, though, feel free to leave me a review. Okay, so let's just get right into the business. This is episode three of Love is Blind that we're getting into. The show is done. I'm sure everyone's binged it and everyone's like, Isabel, the show is already over and everybody knows what happens. Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Look, I have opinions to give and I can't just give it all at once because that would be a five hour long fucking episode. No one wants to listen to a five hour long episode. And if you do, I'm sorry, I can't give that content um, I would probably lose my voice in all honesty. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and you're going to keep listening because that's, that's what we do. That's our assigned tasks. So right off the bat, we're going back, flashing back, flashing right back, flashing to the past with, uh, Shayna being like, Shane, I still love you and I'm sorry. Whatever. She gave a whole melodrama. It was dumb. Um, all I have to say is she's such a fake hoe. Such a bitch for pulling that stunt. And I am so glad that people like her get to be exposed. Because this, that's what I live for. She's essentially already cheating on Kyle. So that's a great start. I'm sure they'll end up in a divorce. Um, definitely on that. You know how that divorce rate is 50-50? Yeah, they're on that, they're on that side. They will be getting a divorce. This will be another failed engagement on her part. So congratulations. And I love how she says that the convo that her and Shane are having needs to be private. Needs to stay between them two. Um, as if this isn't a national hit TV show that won't get millions and trillions of views. Um, I, that gave me a good chuckle. I was like, all right, Shayna, glad to know you're so logical and rational. I do have to say, I had zero faith in Shane. Zero zip none. I thought he was going to be like, took off your pants right now. Because that's, you know, they have that weird, like, sexual connection. And that's really the only connection they have had. Um, so, I, I really thought he was going to drop down to his knees and just be like, yes, Shayna, please marry me. As if he wasn't just going to propose to Natalie. But the man really proved me fucking wrong, okay? He proved me wrong. And I'm so happy that Shane didn't go for it. And I act, I mean, I do understand his torment and confusion because he was so ready. He literally was already in his monologue to propose to Natalie. Like, he was given the whole spiel with Shane on the other end, not knowing it was Shane. And then Shane was like, uh, uh, Shane, this is me, Shana. I know she doesn't talk like that, but I just fucking hate her. So that's the voice I give her. Also, I have said monologue at least seven times already, and we're only four minutes in. So I really apologize, but I'm just, I'm just giving, I'm spewing my thoughts, okay? 
spewing them right away. So, I get his torment confusion about it because he's like, fuck, like, why is this happening to me? Like, oh my god, two women are in love with me. <laughs> um, whatever. But he surprisingly stuck to his guns. And I give the man credit. I give credit where to do. And I'm proud of him. I really am. I never, ever thought I would say that. On the other hand, I am convinced that Shane does five lines of cocaine a day. I did see something kind of like that confirming on TikTok. Obviously, it's, I don't know if it's a verified source, but I believe it. I totally believe it. When I watch Shane, though, I do feel, even in his best moments, I do feel as though I'm developing an ulcer or like a brain aneurysm. That's just what happens. And then them together, it's like, ooh, worst of worst worlds, truly. Um, and then we go back to Kyle and Shayna. And Kyle and Shayna are giving me total Jessica and Mark deja vu, deja vu. And we all know how that worked out. We all saw that. We all witnessed that. I'm convinced that she said yes to see Shane. Like, I'm, to explain that better, I guess. I'm convinced she said yes to Kyle to see Shane in Mexico. Like, to give her an opportunity to meet Shane in person. Very manipulative. Very up that bitch's alley. And I still have an inkling that Shane might leave Natalie for her. I just get that vibe. Which maybe would be good. Because honestly, sometimes I'm like, y'all bitches deserve each other. And Natalie definitely deserves better. And Kyle for sure, also deserves better, even though he's also kind of fucking weird. But history is repeating itself. That's the moral of the story. Jessica and Mark are Shayna and Kyle, except I think Shayna and Kyle are worse. Not Kyle. I think Shayna just really brings down the group average. It's just really shitty. <laughs> Truly. And then, finally, Shane proposes to Natalie. He, again, he's stuck to his guns. He's committing to it. And I'll say it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. I truly believe. Um, I'm happy when Natalie's happy because she's so giddy and she's so excited. And she, it's almost like she's never felt this way before. And she's said that, which is scary. I'm like, that's, that's all it takes. I don't know. I feel like she has such high standards, except when it comes to men, maybe. That's the vibe I'm getting. I don't know. But I feel like this happiness is going to be short-lived, and that breaks my heart for poor Nat. And I hate Shane for it. And I know he's doing cocaine. <laughs> I just know it. Um, and then we go back to Sal, and him and Jarrett are having a conversation, and they both have feelings for Mallory, obviously, and they express it to each other in a very emotionally competent, mature, adult way. They have a mutual understanding that they both basically love Mallory and want to propose to Mallory, but they both know that it's Mallory's decision and how fucking complicated this is, and they haven't been witness to each other's convos the whole thing. I thought it was so sweet, though, that they were able to talk to each other about that because, you know, we don't really see Natalie and Shayna having these conver conversations and in not emotionally competent ones, that's for sure. Um, so then we get into the pods with um, Mal and Jarrett. And he had this whole Taco Tuesday planned out because she fucking loves tacos and he loves tacos and they're about to eat the tacos and the tacos look good. And it was so cute and a personalized date only to be ruined by Mallory rejecting Jared's proposal. <laughs> and they never even got to eat their tacos. So it was a disgrace, 
truly. That was the entire thing. Um, I feel so bad for Jarrett. It was a truly, genuinely upsetting moment because he's, I feel like, my most liked person so far. And we see there how real the feelings and connections really are, even when they are behind a wall, um, because you see how upset he is. This grown, adult-ass man is sobbing into a towel. If that ain't real, I don't fucking know what is. Poor guy. Those look like nice towels, though, if I'm being honest. But yeah, Taco Tuesday, ruined. Thrown out the window. Thanks a lot, Mal. Um, Something about her, I don't like her either. I don't like a lot of these people, honestly. And then, flash forward to Shane and Natalie have their meet reveal shebang. Now, we start off and he's like, I don't care at all what she looks like. But then he proceeds to make the shallowest comment about how, like, if she was missing a tooth, he'd be like, ah, fuck no, you ugly bitch. And, I mean, I can get that. Some people don't fuck with teeth. But don't be like, I don't care what she looks like. She could be whatever. And I was just like, you're so shallow. You are so shallow. And... And I thought it was really funny because she, you know, similarly is like, he could be an ogre and I wouldn't care. And I'm like, bitch, he is an ogre. So I guess it's good that you don't care because he is an ogre. He walks like an ogre. He talks like an ogre. If it walks like a talk, talks like a duck, it is a duck. Man is a fucking ogre. So, yeah. And off the bat, when the doors open and they finally meet each other, it's solely just sexual. <laughs> Like, it's almost like their deeper connection has entirely disappeared, which is why he fell in love with her, and I thought that was interesting. He, like, can't stop kissing her, and I guess it's, you know, it makes sense, because they're just seeing each other, and they want to touch each other, because they have been deprived, whatever, but I don't know. I really thought there might be more to that. Love her dress, though. Love it. Um, and then we flash back, or we flash forward to... Jarrett and Ayana. And Jarrett, of course, has to open up to Ayana. And he already has. He did tell her that he did make a connection with Mallory. However, he's telling Mal or telling Ayana that he had proposed to Mallory and she turned him down. Rejected him on Taco Tuesday. So shitty. Um yeah, really sad, but honestly to be expected. Like we I wasn't gonna expect Ayana to be like, Yay, yay, Mal said no, like no. Because now she's realizing that she's probably settling. And it's uh, setting into her that feeling of being a second choice. And that's really fucking hard to take and to understand and to cope and to deal with. And now she's uncertain because she's like, why are we even still talking? Like, if you chose her, why are you choosing me? I don't know. It was sad. I still have so much hope for them and that makes me really upset. Um, so I really hope this isn't it for them. But then we, you know, there's us, the, she starts sobbing in the hallway. Like she, it's like this, again, like a melodrama. Like she pauses in the middle of the hallway and she's like, ah, ah. she's throwing her chalice with wine around or whatever the fuck's in it. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty dramatic. It was cringy, honestly, but I mean, I get it. I'm a disgusting crier, so I can relate. And, and how dramatic it was, like, again, it's relatable. I've definitely been there at my worst, so I feel you, bitch. And then Sal proposes to Mal. Sal and Mal. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say, I would really want 
a personalized monologue again there's the word like he gave to her about like what he loves about her what he loves about them what he thinks about their future he really went into it i was like this man is such romantic and it was personalized and it was lengthy but most of all it was genuine like you can tell his feelings for mallory are so obvious and i don't know about her i'm like what I don't know what vibe she gives off, but I'm just, mm, but I want one of those. So if you're out there and you're my future husband, I require a monologue just so you're aware. Anyways, Mal says yes. And I thought it was really cute when Salsa said, <laughs> Salsa, <laughs> Sal said, can I kiss you? Like he asked if he could. And I thought that was really sweet because the first time meeting someone and they just like smush their face up against yours, sort of like what Nick and Danielle did, that can be kind of uncomfortable. And so I thought it was like a sweet gesture that he asked. And I don't think most, I don't think anyone else did. So go Sal. Um, and then we go to Shane and Kyle and they're finally meeting. So this is their big reveal and the doors open and she is clearly not into him boy she is just not that into you and it's so sad because he's obviously in love love with her and clearly she still has a lot of reservations about their differences and i mean understandably because that is like a major difference in values and kyle's totally looking past it even to the point of refusing to acknowledge it he seems so sure about her and for what i literally have no idea anyone can see anyone with eyes anyone without eyes can see that this is clearly not a match made in heaven literally since he's an atheist but I just, she hates him. And it's so obvious. She's like, eh. Although I think she would have done that to any guy that wasn't Shane. So it's not really Kyle's fault. Um, and then they just leave on the weirdest of fucking terms. And it was so uncomfortable to watch. So uncomfortable. And they retreat back into their rooms. And she shoots whiskey really well. I'll give her that. She does. She really swigged that thing back. That's all I'll give her, though. And then we go back to Jarrett and Ayana. I really wasn't sure, like, where this was going. But obviously, like, he has never not had feelings for her. He just happened to have feelings for Mal more. Or thought they had a more, a better connection for marriage. I don't really know. I can't, I can't speak from that. But... I wasn't expecting Jared to propose. I really wasn't. I wasn't, I mean, I don't know why else they would show it if he wasn't going to, you know, maybe just them breaking up. I don't know. I just wasn't expecting it because it's just so obvious that Ayana kind of is his second choice. Not that he didn't have feelings for her. Like, clearly, obviously, like, we saw it, we witnessed it. And I get Ayana's reservation. She's losing her shit. She's like, this shit is scary. How can you be so sure? You know, you weren't sure a day ago or hours ago or whenever it was. And he says he has no reservations and this is what he wants and no questions asked. And she says yes. And I kind of foresee this obviously being a problem in the future. 
mostly when they go to Mexico and he meets Mal in person. I don't know. I don't have the best feelings about it. And I am worried for Ayata. It never feels good to be someone's second choice. And I think because that's like a root of her or one of her biggest insecurities, how is she going to cope with that? I don't know. Maybe they'll take us on that journey. Maybe they won't. Um, but I am happy that they are happy, even though I don't know how this is gonna go. Now, Mal and Sal are having their big reveal. This took an unexpected turn of events. I don't know if anyone else had the same feelings. I'm sure they did, though, because it was pretty unexpected from my perspective. Again, I don't know. Um, so the door's open. And they're, you know, clearly they have a connection. Again, we've seen it. It's very obvious. And the door's open and he looks ecstatic. He's like, finally. And she looks disappointed and scared. Both aren't the greatest emotions for when you're meeting your fiance. It was disheartening. I really felt for Sal. He would try to kiss her and, I mean, she would kiss him back, but she would immediately try to break off from it. Like, you can tell she was apprehensive and not really feeling it. He's not her vibe. And she does confirm that. She goes, there's something that she can't put her finger on physically that she's not really into. So, the physical spark wasn't there. And that kind of proves the show, at least for this couple, wrong. Like, love love is not blind. <laughs> and I'm wondering if their emotional connection can break through the walls that she's having. But I don't know. And now I feel like she's second-questioning saying no to Jarrett. And that's problematic in and of itself because, you know, he's with someone else now. So... It's just, I don't know how I see this going, but I, from experience, like, emotional connection makes the person more attractive, and if it hasn't done that for her already, I'm hoping that it can, but I'm worried that it won't, and I'm worried that she won't let herself get into it. So, we'll see, I guess, but then, and of course this happens right after Sal and Mal, is Ayana and Jarrett's big reveal. This made me so giddy inside, and I can't say that for a lot of things, as you guys know, but something about it felt so natural. They're so cute and weird and genuinely just pumped and really happy to see one another, and they just let their themselves they're who they are fly um the connection is obvious in person too which i'm glad that it translated outside because obviously that's a worry and we just saw with sal and mal that it didn't so that was a good reliever the squealing and the happy dances mostly from ayana were really cute and it makes me happy that she's so happy, but again, I'm wondering about that thought in the back of her head, like, this was supposed to be Mal, like, I'm supposed to be Mal, and I don't know how you get over that. She also said that she's scared for her cervix, considering that she is a very small person and he is much larger than her, <laughs> and 
you know, that's a, I guess that's a genuine concern, but she actually seems like very, very concerned about it. Like she seems scared and nervous. And I, so I kind of wonder like who she's been with in the past. If they're guys like more similar her size, I don't know. Um, so that'd be interesting whenever they get to bang in, whenever that may be. Um, overall though, I have very high hopes for them, but I definitely sense trouble when Jarrett sees Mallory in paradise. Um, oh my god, it's like I'm talking about The Bachelor in Mexico, in Cancun. Like, I sense trouble with that. And even just in the future, like, I could see this insecurity eating away at her. Um, plus, if you noticed, he gave Ayana a gold ring, which is what Mal explicitly said that she wanted. And so it's almost like, is that a second choice ring, too? Because that, I really, I really pray not but I'm a little bit worried that it is. I'm a little bit worried. He was like, oh, I got this for Mal because she wanted it and I don't have, I didn't have time to get you a new one. So here, uh, not good. I don't, I don't know if that's what happened. Maybe Ayana wanted a gold ring too, but damn, I don't know. Ultimately though, I definitely see trouble in paradise as they're all flying to Cancun. So they're they're all getting there. And this I can I just say this episode is fucking packed. Like there's so much that happened. Couples are meeting each other. Couples were ending their relationships. Couples should end their relationships. Um and now they're flying to Cancun. So just to summarize and quick recap, there were six couples that made it that got proposed to and met each other. And that feels like a lot. It feels like a lot more than the first season, but I don't even remember. But we have Mal and Sal, um, Jarrett and Ayana, Nick and Danielle, who are our first ones, Shake and Deep D, can't wait to see that, Kyle and Shayna, also can't wait to see that, and Shane and Natalie. Um, we begin the journey in Cancun with Kyle and Shayna. She actually surprisingly looks way more comfortable and in her element. Um, of course, she's making the obvious cougar jokes, um, way more embracing it than what's her face did in season one. Um, but can I just, can we just clarify that the age gap between her and Kyle is three years? She's 32 and he's 29. <laughs> And she's making it out to be, like, some big deal and whatever, and it really is not. They are not at all far apart. Um, I'm pretty sure Kyle, or not Kyle, Mark and Jessica had, like, a 10-year or something difference. Something extensive, and this is not extensive at all. Um, so she needs to calm down. She really needs to calm down. Um, I do have to say, I like how she complimented his mom's ring, and it does feel like she seems more into him but I still don't trust this all the way. I really don't trust it. And then we move on to Deep D and Shake. Uh, she's obsessed with him. That's just point blank period fact. She is obsessed with him. She wants to move very fast. The, the girl's already talking about babies. She's like, oh my God, should we just elope? Like she's losing her mind. And I wonder if it's scaring Shake and I kind of hope it is. He deserves to be frightened at all times. And then we go to Shane and Natalie. Of course, he's talking about sex. Um, clearly, that's an expectation for him, something that he's, I'm assuming, used to, something that he wants to do a lot, which, I mean, isn't rare for the general male population, but he, 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 of course, he's talking about it. It just makes sense. He's also someone who, 
I've decided and I can tell constantly needs words of affirmation and reassurance, which Natalie doesn't seem to be able to provide or doesn't want to provide or isn't used to providing. Like, they clearly have different love languages. That much is obvious. He's really desperate for affection. He's baiting her, luring her, fishing for compliments, as she says, and then she calls him a piece of shit. So, hmm, yikes. Big yikes. Um, I did think that was weird that she did call him that, um, specifically because it was on his birthday, and I get that it was a joke. I have a very, very similar sense of deprecating humor, but sometimes that just doesn't sit well, especially when someone doesn't share that love language, and it's not even a love language, it's a sense of humor, and he doesn't share that with her, and he, that just devastates him. You just see the devastation all over his face, and then, because of that, he's clearly upset. And he speaks on how their communication and connection is not the same, and it's almost bad compared to what they had in the pots. Like, the seriousness is gone, and I did mention that earlier. Like, it seems sexual now. It seems more like a Shayna-Shane relationship going on, which is sad, because Natalie obviously has so much more to offer, and I don't know why she's holding back. But then again, she saw him in person. She saw the ogre in him, and she's like, eh, at least I hope she is, because... I fucking would be, but yeah, so that's concerning. And then we go to Nick and Danielle, and they're already acting like a goddamn old married couple. Um, he seems like a health nut, or just like someone who's supernaturalist. I don't know. Anyone who makes their own toothpaste gives me those vibes. I'm not sure how to feel about that. I don't necessarily think it's weird. If anything, I think it's odd. Like, weird and odd to me are different. Um, I think it's something that most people don't do, making it odd, but I don't think it's that crazy. I don't know. He kind of just seems like a self-proclaimed hippie, and I think he said that, like, that he's a hippie. I don't know if I just picked up a, that up out of nowhere. Um, she's clearly weirded out, though, but not necessarily in a bad way, um, so that's good, but they are acting like, I mean, they're brushing their teeth together, they're getting ready together, they're seeing each other at their worst, it seems like, so... I thought it was dorkily cute and funny the entire scene, um, and they're clearly comfortable with one another, so that's a good sign. They show good signs. Then we revert back to Shayna and Kyle. Now, this also threw me for a loop. Shayna has a whole hell of a lot of audacity letting a vegetarian of eight years eat meat just for her. Okay, and granted, like it was a personal choice. Kyle was like, "Oh yeah, like here, let me, let me, let me have that. Let me, let me do it." And I thought that was weird too. Like I would be so uncomfortable if a guy, of, if a vegetarian of years was like, "Oh yeah, let me have some of your steak." I'd be like, "Dude, what?" Like I, whoa, bro. To me, that's worse than proposing. I'm like, that's a serious ass commitment. That can make you feel sick. Um, but audacity, I mean, like, she, she did that, that happened, and then she ran away. She literally fled the scene. Granted, this is, um, after the dinner, and I thought it was good that she was trying to have, she keeps continually trying to have the conversation early about their values and their differences, rather than avoid it, like he obviously is, and I don't blame her for wanting to set boundaries, okay? I don't know if I'd want to sleep in the same bed as a total stranger either. And he's acting all surprised. He's like, what? My fiance in a different what? Um, and he's surprised that she doesn't trust him. But I'm not. And he shouldn't be. Because they just fucking met. Like, yeah, this experiment, 
you are supposed to be getting engaged. Like, that's the goal. But no one said nothing about having to trust anyone yet. Because that's crazy. Ultimately, he's just not fucking getting it. And that's Kyle. Like, Kyle just doesn't get it. That should just be the title of the show. Kyle doesn't fucking get it. Kyle is stupid. Um, And I wish that he would address the differences because he is an intelligent person. That much I know. But he's avoiding it and circling around it. He's doing himself no favors. And if he really likes Sheena, he would sit down and have this conversation with her. And he also wouldn't be so shocked as to why the girl doesn't want to sleep with him on the first night. I don't like I don't like the bitch either, but I I understand it. Wow, that was perfectly on like the cusp of being 30 minutes. So thank you all for listening. My love is blinders or love is not blinders. I feel which way about it changes every episode. Um, but thank you for sticking with me on this journey, even though literally all of the episodes are out and you've all seen them. Okay? I get it. I get it. Anyways, I hope you have a wonderful Friday and a wonderful weekend. And I will be back next week with another episode of Love is Blind Recap. And I will also do another episode daily, you know, the Thursday thing. So, sorry about this week, but yeah, girls, got a lot going on. And she figured out about it. So, solemn apologies. And I will talk to you guys next week. But you know the drill. It's ginger spice and everything nice. Alright, <laughs> bye.